What's up, guys? And welcome back to Unfiltered and welcome back to another episode. Today, I have come through as promised and I am having a very special guest on that is one of the closest people to me in my life. And she is an absolute queen and has so much just knowledge and wisdom. And that is my mom, Lisa Hughes, the legend herself. (laughs) And I'm really excited. I knew that I wanted to have my mom on an episode at some point. And we just really got into some great questions and topics for you guys, really answered a lot of questions that you guys had for her about sustainability, also about making love last through the years and relationships. And we talked about, you know, connection and spirituality and careers versus passions and all these types of things we talked about so much. I did want to say that as I'm editing, I'm noticing, you know, me and my mom's audio is a little bit different. You know, obviously she does not have like a professional podcast set up and microphone. So she did the best she could on her, on her headphones with her microphone. But if you guys have to kind of like adjust your volume a little bit while you're listening, I apologize. I tried to make it as best sounding as I could in editing, but I myself am not a professional either. So I hope that you guys will still really enjoy this episode. Right before we get into it, I just wanted to quickly shout out our reviewer of the week. So shout out to Melly Ann and her review says, my go-to on a Monday morning. Nothing better than waking up a grumpy girl on Monday morning, but seeing there's a new unfiltered podcast. Always starts my day off positive with some relatable girl content. Love the growth I've seen from watching you on YouTube for about seven years now. Feels like we've all grown up together. Keep it up, boo. Well, Melly, thank you so very much. And if you guys are ever interested in being our reviewer of the week, you know the drill. All you have to do is leave a quick review on the Apple Podcast app before or after listening to this episode. And you have a really great chance of becoming the reviewer of the week for next week. So thank you so much to any of you guys that take the time to do that. All right. And that's pretty much all I wanted to say because me and my mom will do our intro and our bops and flops and everything together this week. So that's it for you just me let's go ahead and get into the episode okay guys i'm so excited to introduce the queen herself lisa hughes my mother she is here today with us oh Lindsay, thank you i'm so excited to be here with you on your podcast the listeners demanded you i seriously got so many questions for you like it's crazy i think i got like hundreds of questions that they have for you. So I'm very excited. Um, And I thought we would just kind of open it up with one of my favorite games that I like to play whenever I have a guest. So that is five burning questions. Go ahead. Are you ready? I am so ready. Okay. Question number one. And if you've listened before, some of these are recycled questions, but I just like them a lot. So I'm going to use them, you know, again and again, if I still like them. Question number one is, if money were no factor, what would your perfect day look like? That's a really awesome question (laughs) because, you know, I'm 56 and I'm newly retired, right? So money, my relationship with money is so different at 56 than it was at 26. Um, So it kind of is no object, but not because 
there's a lot of money. I, I feel like because I can live consciously and sustainably, I'm able to retire and I'm able to have those kinds of days a lot. And it wouldn't really be any different than what I currently do on a on a great day. And so it really looks like getting up naturally or early, journaling in the morning, taking time for myself, doing all of those morning rituals, having a healthy breakfast. Maybe I might listen to a Dharma talk or do some yoga. I would go hiking in the forest, through the forest. And on a perfect day, I would end up at the top of a mountain on a beautiful, clear day. Uh, Because I think for me, that idea of oneness or being able to reach all beings in the world is there. And it's also a place where I can receive that. I know that someone in Nepal is doing that for me. So I can sit up top there and really receive that. And then I would hike back down. I might locally look around, maybe go to a brew pub because that's where I meet kind of cool local people. Or, uh, you know, if I'm hiking with somebody, we would do that to connect um, and have a healthy dinner and maybe share a drink or something and go go back to bed. Maybe it sounds really boring. <laughs> no, that honestly does sound like your perfect day. It really does. No, as well as I know you, that's definitely your perfect day. The only thing you didn't include was a paddle boarding journey, but maybe that could be the next day. Yeah. And I think it's, it's always for me, that choice of, am I hiking or am I paddling? And that really depends on if it's super hot, like in the summertime, my body does not like heat. So I would much rather be paddling on a beautiful lake, but also surrounded by mountains because it's the same thing. When I look up there, I see the whole world. Whether I'm on a lake looking at the summit, I'm I'm already conjuring that I'm there and I'm breathing with somebody that's breathing from me on the other side of the world. Wow. You are very connected, you know, (laughs) things got deep on question number one. (laughs) And I love that. I support that truly. Um, Okay. My next burning question for you is what has been your highlight of quarantine so far? You know, we got to have some positives in with all this craziness. Right. I absolutely, my number one takeaway from quarantine is seeing marriage and family as a spiritual path. Sometimes like we think of this spiritual path as a separate thing, like, oh, as a single person, I'm just going to improve, you know, help myself, uh, understand myself more. Or maybe some people even take that a step further and become a holy person or a spiritual teacher. And I never really realized until quarantine that making the choice of marriage and family was its own spiritual path. Last week, I did an episode talking about my personal spirituality. And I, yeah, I, I don't know. Why do we feel like it's our own personal thing all the time and that it can't necessarily be shared that much? 
I, right. I do think of it too as like very personal, individual, but then it's also like I share, I shared, you know, my beliefs and what I think of spirituality to be. So I guess that's kind of sharing it, but I like that. That's a great highlight. Yeah, because if you are in a relationship or a committed relationship until death do you part, right? And you go on some other tangent by yourself, that's not really right when you when you get married, you you give each other these symbols, these rings, these unbroken rings. And they can't be broken like everything that is inside of there is very important. Your partner is in there. You're in there. The oneness of God is in there. There's so many things that are in there. But yeah, I really realized, wow, it's not this separate thing. Because then I'm really, I, I could be leaving the sanctity or the spiritual path that is marriage. Mm-hmm. So it absolutely some people would say just, you know, same thing, having children, that kind of unbelievable love. It's like, I always think of my mom, you know, when I think of my mom, I'm filled with so much love for her, I'm just filled up. And I have that same feeling when I look at Aurora, right? Like my dog. (laughs) And I look at her and I go, wow, like certainly like my mom and Aurora the dog are not the same thing, right? But like, I feel the same way. And I feel the same way when I look at dad. And that's really important to keep that. That separate from a romantic attached kind of love is this wow, we, we're doing this together. And it's really, really hard. You do that with your baby, right? You have your baby and all of a sudden you look and you go, oh my gosh, nothing else existed before <laughs> this moment. That's how I feel about my son, Squirtle. You know, <laughs> you know how it is. Yes, I know how it is. Yes. So definitely, I agree. Connection is so important, especially the last few months. That's what I've really realized, just focusing on connection. Okay, but next question is a little bit less deep, but still fun. And it is favorite drink or cocktail? Always the same. Vodka, soda. And in the summertime, I like some kind of I make sun tea, and so I like hibiscus sun tea in there with my vodka and my soda. A little yeah. splash of something for the summer. Yeah, yeah. A sometimes little I'll health put splash. Cucumber in there sometimes, but that's really my favorite. I feel like it's my favorite because I, I know it so well, and I'm never having to make any... You didn't really ask me why it was my favorite, but <laughs> that's pretty much your go-to. You pretty much always order that. I mean, sometimes you'll order, like if I'm maybe drinking a sparkling wine or something, maybe you'll order a, like that. But usually, you are a, a soda, uh, vodka soda lime woman. I am. I and yes. you know what? You told me that I thought it was so funny that I'll never forget. You said, "Quotes, Lindsay." I'm a top shelf girl. (laughs) (laughs) 
was when we were like staying at the Ritz with Squirtle and Aurora and you're like, I'm just, it's just one of my things. I'm a top shelf girl. So Lisa drinks the classiest of vodkas people. Yes. You're not really like a Tito's. Will you will you drink Tito's or I not will really? drink Tito's, yeah. I will drink because Tito's. Because it's corn. It's not um what's normal vodka? Just wheat, right? Yeah. Something like that. We like the potato and the corn vodkas in this family. Yeah, they do. We like to keep it natural. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um my next burning question is what is your top place to visit? on your dream travel list? Mm, That is a no-brainer, and it would be somewhere new in Italy, and I have a couple of places I'd like to go, but always thinking in the mountain world, um, I've always wanted to go to the Dolmites. But the Dolmites is in Italy, um, they're the Italian, Italian Alps. Maybe their people will clarify that for yeah. me. But they look like drip castles. So when we were in the mm. sawtooths, that's all I thought of when I looked at the sawtooths. I was like, "Wow, who needs to go to Italy? They're right here." This, the way that the sawtooths look, is very, very similar. Yeah, there really is some beauty here in the Pacific Northwest, for sure. And just, you know, in our own backyards and in our own states and everything like that. But that's a good one. I like that. I I didn't know what to expect from your answer. So I like that. Yeah, somewhere in Italy, maybe the Amalfi Coast. I also just love the Italian language. And I think the next time that I go, I will be speaking Italian, maybe not well. But so you'll be trying. They're your, very your forgiving people. Yes, <laughs> they will definitely appreciate you trying. I feel like. <laughs> and my last burning question for you is: What is your favorite sustainable item or product of the moment? You know, I get asked this question so many times, and. <laughs> I think you always think it's going to be some really unique thing that only you have or um, I'm going to go with the plain product shampoo. And this is a non-endorsed statement. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a sponsorship. We wish. Personal care products. Sometimes you, you know, I make everything, but first off, you know, when you first do this journey, you're like, what am I going to wash my hair with? And I think if you have virgin hair that's never been colored and it's, you know, maybe darker, I don't really know what the secret is to having success with bar shampoos, but they killed my hair because Mm -hmm. my hair has been colored so much and I don't have my natural hair. I'm getting it now, but I didn't have it, you know, so you got to have good shampoo. So I would say that the, the plain product shampoo in combination with my dry shampoo. So now with the plain products, I only use it once a week, which uh-huh. means I only need to go through. I just adjusted my subscription to one bottle a year. So that certainly justifies. Oh, pretty good. You know, 
Yeah. A lot of people say, like, oh, you know, that's kind of expensive, but you're paying for the whole, there's nothing that you're getting, you know, there's no trash involved in the whole process. Right. It so all cool. goes back. It's great. Yeah. Basically Maybe how also- I would expl- should I explain it like in 30 seconds for people that don't know what it is? Yeah. So it's basically a um, aluminum packaging bottle. So it's like a hard aluminum bottle that you get in the mail. You, so you get your first bottle and then you use it up. And then they also send you like a return label and a little box that it comes in, you know, just with it. And then once you're either running low or done, then you mail back your empty bottle and they reuse that recycle. I think they reuse it, right? They don't even recycle it. They yeah. just keep using them. Yeah, they just keep them in rotation. And then they'll send you back. You know, when you request that you're running low, then they send you another one and you send it back. And it's this whole like circular system. So you never have to dispose of your, you know, plastic shampoo and conditioner bottles. And they also have, um, I believe, hand sanitizer. And they recently started a, I think it's like a hair serum or a spray, like a detangling type of spray that also come in the same type of packaging. So I think it's really cool. They're really expanding. It's exciting. Yeah. And, you know, you can do, you can kind of figure out how much you need and do your subscription so that you never run out. Like you don't have to wait for your bottle to be gone. Yeah. Yeah. You can get it, you know, every three months, six months if you need to. Mm -hmm. Also good is the drops laundry detergent and dishwasher soaps. Cause these are both items like you can make, I made, um, laundry soap for a long time but my clothes just didn't you know they were getting very dingy yeah and it wasn't that great just, I feel like it wasn't that great or and it just wasn't like yeah like you want it you want it to work so bad because you're like I'm making this I'm following the instructions but then sometimes it's like I don't know maybe we should just leave it to the professionals I don't really know right right I use the those pods. too so yeah, the pods they're great drops I like both of those answers because I've tried both of those products. Actually, I actively use both of those brands. So amazing. That was our five burning questions. And now I wanted to segment, or is that even the word? Segue. That's the word. Segue into my my favorite part of the intros, especially when I have a guest because I can talk to someone about these things besides myself. Sorry if you guys heard that motorcycle go by. That was very loud. Um, Okay, so let's get into our bops and flops of the week. And I like to start off with flops or lowlights of recent. So um, I have two, but would you like to share yours, Mom, to start off? Sure, sure. The flops are interesting, right? Because (laughs) every flop is a growth And I feel like we're all alchemists. We can take that worst event of the week and turn it into into the greatest event. Exactly. That's why I like to go in order from flops to bops, because sometimes a flop can turn into a bop, you know? Right. Right. (laughs) So I, I would say just, you know, sometimes I get really low with the division in the country and I have like a low level sadness that I kind of wake up with and I just think, you know, how can we fix it? What do, what do we do as individuals? How, do is, how, how does it begin with us? 
And it does begin with us. That sort of switching the mindset to that this is one of the most conscious times in my lifetime. That there's so many people doing the spiritual work, standing for rightness. Um, so I would say just this morning, there was a young girl that was suspended from school. You may have heard this story for calling out her principal and her school for lack of social distancing and lack of masks in the hallways of her high school. And she was suspended. And hmm. it's kind of the story's gone viral. And the, there was an announcement for the students that if they called out their high school, that they there would be a threat of punishment and you know you sit with that you just say wow that's authoritarian rule that's actually abuse you know that we're putting your health and safety at risk and we're also telling you that if you tell anybody that we're doing this you will be punished and she stood up and all her classmates are going to remember how she stood for them and anyway, her suspension has been reversed. So the whole world and oh, all the media God. got behind <laughs> it. And it's been, yes, it's been. So it turned into a good thing. Okay, good. Oh, that was, that is just so frustrating. <laughs> and I don't, oh, beyond frustrating, it's like, and the fact that she, it was probably so hard for her to, you know, stand up and say something. And she did. And then she got punished for it. And it's just like, you can't win. But I guess she did win because. Now she's not suspended anymore, and I guess they not necessarily changed their mind, but it turned it to, into something good. Yeah, she, you know, good trouble, as John Lewis would say, good trouble. <laughs> my particular flops of the past week slash of recent, my first one is I'm very uninspired with 95% of my wardrobe. I really do not like my wardrobe anymore, and I feel like I just keep wearing the same, like, five shirts and pants in rotation and it, I've just been wearing the same stuff in all my videos and every single day and I'm just I go into my closet and I'm not inspired so I think I want to just like sell a bunch of stuff and then maybe go thrifting and get some new things but yeah that's kind of like a silly flop but <laughs> that's a flop and then my um, other flop is that I'm really been missing my my long distance people, my my fam, my friends, you know, haven't really been able to go see anyone from too far away. That's not, you know, like on the West Coast. So I just miss a lot of friends and traveling and being able to just get on a I mean, I could get on a plane, right? But it's kind of like, you know, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> it's not very essential. So Right. That's my what you other flop. What do you do? What's your method when you feeling like you really want to connect with somebody? Um, usually I'll just try to set up, you know, a phone call or a FaceTime. Like the other day I caught up with Layla on FaceTime because it's just been so long since I've seen everybody. And so, yeah, I just try to like catch up with people or even just seeing, you know, bare minimum is just like keeping up with people on their Instagrams and kind of just keeping up with what they're up to. But yeah, I don't know. I've been, I mean, I've been doing okay. You know, everybody's probably missing people right now, especially if you live far away from your family. 
but that is I will get to see my family soon and I have gotten to see a, a lot of my friends honestly so you know it's okay but let's move on to our bops of the week so mom would you like to start us off well the awesome bop was hearing that Colin had summited the Grand Teton I didn't even know this. I mean, I saw a photo of him like in Idaho Falls or something, but I was confused. Was this in Jackson? Um, yeah. So Grand Teton National Park is where he lives. And the Grand Teton is the tallest of the Tetons. Oh, got and it. And okay. it's, it's over 13,400 feet and it was a technical climb that requires ropes and oh my gosh belly rolls and he did it with a broken hand he had one oh hand God. available for the belaying I mean like he sent us it was amazing like to listen to how alive he sounded um after having done it and then seeing the pictures and watching him belay with one hand and how dangerous and also how alive that must have felt. Wow. Total well, bop. Guys, total bop. That is a total bop. If any of you guys don't know, Colin, who we're talking about, is my brother. So I know that he, you know, he's not in a lot of, you know, he. what am I trying to say? He's not in a lot of the content. So some people, you know, may not know that. So that's who we're talking about, my brother. Um, but wow, that honestly, I could never do that. That's actually so wild. So I'm going to have to check in on that. That's pretty crazy. Go Colin. Yeah. Tell me about your bop of the week. Okay. Mine are, I have two again. My first one is that I'm watching Glee again from the beginning. And Megan is also watching Glee. She kind of inspired me to start, start it again because we watched it when we were teenagers, you know, like I, I think I watched it in like ninth grade, 10th grade, something around there. Um, and I, I think I watched most of it, but for some reason, just restarting it from the beginning, it's a whole new experience it's crazy it's like so much good music and it's also just so funny I actually like crack crack up I laugh out loud every single episode I will just like bust out laughing and I'm completely alone and so I just feel like I needed a show like that so it's a very long show there's like 20 something episodes that are almost an hour long in each season and there's six seasons so um me and Meg are on season two but I'm just gonna say it to anyone else anyone out there if you you know watch Glee back in the day never watched it again or maybe if you never watched it really just a spectacular show if you're into you know you have to be into like some a little singing and dancing because that's going to happen every episode but it's been a really great uh time for me so that's definitely one of my bobs good <laughs> well, it's a good show. i never watched the so whole good. thing but I, I i watched it, some of it it's so funny and i feel like yeah i don't know just if you forgot about glee it is on netflix which is great so that's been, I've been honestly spending like multiple hours every day, well, every night before bed watching Glee. And I have no regrets. 
And my, <laughs> my last bop is um, I'm just feeling pretty excited for the future. Like I'm excited for the next couple months and just kind of feeling like not like I'm entering a whole new chapter per se. That's kind of dramatic, but I just feel like a new energy, you know, end of summer, entering into early fall, really happy with where I am, like not trying to, you know, move anytime soon, just kind of being where I am and focusing on myself, you know, my single energy and my friendships and everything. So that's kind of an overall life bop that I will leave it at for this week. Thank you so much to our long time sponsor on this podcast of Anchor. So Anchor is actually how I make this podcast. I wouldn't even have this podcast if it wasn't for the free tool that is the platform Anchor. So as I said, it is completely free. Anybody can make a podcast from your house, from your phone, from your computer, Anchor distributes your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's basically everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it actually is, you guys, I stan Anchor so hard. You can download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started with recording your own podcast. That's a great one. I mean, the people really just had some questions for you. I just feel like these questions were really good to just kind of lead us into some topics that the people wanted to hear from you about. So instead of my normal setup of kind of like talking about a topic at the beginning and then getting into questions, I just figured I think these questions will already just lead us into the topics that people want to hear you speak on. So I guess we should just get started if you're ready to have your Q&A session. Okay, so thank you so much to everybody who submitted on Instagram. The first question is, who was the easier child, Megan or Lindsay? (laughs) Well, each one of you, if we're we're just doing Lindsay or Megan, um, each one of you had easy moments and not easy moments. Yes, for sure. So... I would say, uh, Lindsay, you were the easier baby. You just put yourself to sleep and those kinds of things. But, you know, growing up, by the time really you were five, you know, you were really, you knew who you were. And... If there was, yeah, you would always call us out if there was a disagreement. Um, yeah, if there was a disagreement, you would always call us out in the most bizarre ways. Like, you weren't a little girl. You were an adult, and you demanded to be seen and heard as an adult by the time you were five years old. <laughs> that process was longer for Megan. But then Megan was the more difficult teenager, maybe. I don't know. You, you know, 
it you, was you it was a wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> the teenage years were a wild ride. Oh my god, yeah. I feel like I don't know if my worst was middle school or high school. I feel like I was worse in middle school, but in middle school, like I was yeah. more okay. I was more of a brat, but I was more innocent still in middle school than in high school. I wasn't like quite as innocent, but I feel like I was nicer overall. But maybe that's just me. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't nice in high school. <laughs> yeah, no, you just had that that permanent scowl, right? You were always just unhappy with everybody. <laughs> Especially, yeah, like I feel like 14, age 14, eighth grade was like my peak, just like bitch. Like I was horrible. Yeah. I feel like I got but a Megan, little bit better once I got into like 10th grade, but maybe that's just me being crazy. And, well, and Megan worshipped you. You know, she worshipped you during those years. And so she endured so much, but then she got her legs <laughs> and she was like, hold on. <laughs> you are not the boss of me. Yeah. So yeah, it, you know, just goes up and down and, and um, yeah. So there's not a really clear answer to that. You did say and Megan then was, we were, you said Megan was a slightly harder teenager. Are you sticking with that? Yeah, and I, we're really talking about teenage <laughs> years. And then you yeah. were harder from, you know, the age of five all the way. But, well, you know, I, I was just, when you think about that, what makes a child difficult, Right makes a child difficult is their independence is when mm. they are disagreeing with you they don't want to obey right? what and, you yeah say. and and what do you do right but that's you wouldn't be doing what you do were it not for that level of independence and the freedom that you had to disagree and not be punished I guess I've always been an independent woman, guys. What can I say? Apparently, I don't remember anything until sixth grade. So I didn't. Rem I don't remember that I was like this, but I I'm gonna believe my mom. <laughs> okay. Um. The next question is, what is your number one advice for, like, your twenty-something self, or I guess like twenty-something listeners, or if you could go back and tell yourself mm. at that age advice I, I think we hear this a lot and it's I just heard it again today on a podcast don't take yourself so seriously like anytime you feel like no this is serious you should just laugh <laughs> take yourself joyously right well you hear like oh, I should study really really hard and if I'm going to work, I'm going to work really, really hard. Why not study joyfully something that you really want to study with joy and work joyfully in the same way? You know, there's no security in this life other than it's sometime going to end with just this little blip. Um, you know, in spiritual teachings, you often hear of like, we come from the ocean, 
and there's this big wave and the wave crashes and this little tiny droplet floats up into the atmosphere and that's us. This moment of separateness before we fall right back into the oneness and the vastness of the ocean again. So a lot of people think that that's really, really serious. I have to make my mark in the world. And I would say it's okay to be that middle path. Um, we don't need to be famous. Let each small step lead to the next small step. I agree. I feel like it's taking yourself too seriously all the time. You know, like people that you never really see them like, laugh or even smile you're just like oh no <laughs> like maybe they do laugh and smile sometimes in the privacy of their own home or like around certain people or something but it's definitely I agree just it's hard sometimes because certain things you feel like oh I, I need to take this seriously like professional things career things of course um and you know being professional to some extent of course but also you know, being able to laugh and make jokes and make things fun and joyful, like you said. Yeah. Right. Let's say you're eventually leading a group at work. Wouldn't you want a leader who was also joyful and could just crack up now and then, but also lead very effectively right. and not take themselves so seriously yeah. as to not allow your opinion to be part of the group you know I agree taking yourself seriously overrated not fun do not recommend no <laughs> take yourself unseriously <laughs> it's more fun um, okay another question which actually a lot of people of course ask this question because you know you are very knowledgeable about sustainability and you are a zero waste icon so we got several questions about kind of like beginning and initial steps to becoming sustainable for beginners i would say check in with yourself on why what's the what's the why why do you want to live this way you know before it became popular before people started showing their small jars of trash, right? I didn't even know anything. I didn't know that was a thing. I had no idea. I had never even no thought idea. about throwing away trash. Like, it's something that unless someone actually points it out to you or, you know, like you start kind of seeing it, which we don't see it. We don't see where our trash goes. We just put it out in the trash can and it gets picked up, you know? So, yeah, you never think about what you're throwing away kind of crazy it, yeah it comes down to for me and I think everybody would say they came to it from a different place but for me I had spent a lot of time that summer camping and when you go camping you always have to pack out what you pack in and one day I got home and I said why do we do this like why do we pack out and be so mindful and so responsible when we're camping or when we're backpacking and then we come home it's somebody else's responsibility oh it's the trash guy oh it's waste management just write that check and so that's kind of how it began with just a sense of 
really because I'm alive, I'm able to respond. The kind of action I take is really different. So in the sustainable world, you have people that are extremely dogmatic about it, right? Their whole family has to do it. Everybody that comes in their house has to live this way. And that's not freedom. It's not realistic you know, either. You it's know. not realistic for anything. You know, it's its its, its own authoritarianism, right? It's you're going to do things my way or get out of my house. So we, you know, we had five people living here at the time. And so I really just began in the kitchen. And one day I said, let's just have a leave no trace policy in the kitchen. So if you get up and make breakfast, you know, at 11 o'clock and I come in at 1130 or noon, I shouldn't know you were even in that. Did we fail at and that? No, I think everybody <laughs> laughed about it. And then it just began with simple little things like, why do we even have paper towels? Mm -hmm. And so I started with the paper towels. That was the first thing. And I had them out on the counter. And it was so automatic. Even that same day, I was like, wash my hands, grab a paper. So I had to hide the paper towels <laughs> and put them in a whole different. So it began with the paper towels. And then it just went into every drawer of the kitchen it you know how am I going to supply the pantry what am I going to use for reusable bags at the grocery store since I don't have uh, you know reusable muslin bags now I do I have them now but yeah. I didn't have them then um, so it was going through like the wrapping drawer uh, you know wrapping sacks and I found everything that I could and I just tried and I watched a lot of videos but it really was just the kitchen and I thought let me just stay in the kitchen until I feel like this room is I, I get it in here I get the basic workings of a sustainable kitchen and then it moved, when it finally moved to the bathroom, of course, your first thought is toilet paper. Oh, my God. <laughs> what are we going to do? Right. Toilet paper, filling? you know, it just kind of, it gets flushed. It has to go down there. But at first, I was really, I took myself very seriously. Mm -hmm. And I read about family cloths. And You were really I getting instituted. intense. Yes. I instituted the family cloth um, and the shampoos. And that, you know, when you never come out of the bathroom for months because all of, especially being the mother of two beauty gurus, there was so much product, product and packaged yeah. product in every bathroom of the house that each one of those things had to be, you know, donated or rinsed and washed and I had to figure out where where does it go is it recyclable and if it's not where do I send it and then I got involved in TerraCycle and a lot of the beauty products I could send there so that's how it began room by room really room by room so you're kind of 
tips that you've mentioned so far for beginners to start start with one area or one room and to use what you already have in the beginning you know before like I would say a common misconception about sustainability and zero waste is that you have to like go out and get all this stuff and spend all this money to do it but you really could start with things that you already have you know like you can start with you probably have like dish towels and rags already that you can use instead of paper towels for cleaning and then for me like saving um you know like saving certain bags like if something I don't know if other people do this but if you know like something comes in the mail and like a zipper big plastic bag or something I just will like rinse it out and reuse it as many times as I can just keep stuff like that going and then what's another example of like Oh, I mean, even like little jars and stuff to like put food in instead of, I don't know, for like bulk shopping and stuff. Like we probably all have jars or, you know, the pasta sauce you already buy. What I do is I'll like, once I'm done with the pasta sauce, just like rinse it out, take the label off. And then I just save that jar and I use it to put different stuff in my pantry. So you don't necessarily have to go out and buy all these things. They're definitely, if you're going to get farther with your journey, they're are going to be things that you probably are going to want to buy down the road but you don't have to start by like going out and getting 10 expensive things you can start by just focusing on well I'm going to use the things I already have like the Tupperware I already have the bags and jars that I already have and then maybe you do need some stuff down the road but you don't have to go out and get everything at once Exactly. There's, you know, that I think that's hard with the whole no plastic thing. um, Because there's this idea that, oh, my God, plastic is so horrible. And you should get rid of every plastic thing in your house. No, you don't want your plastic that you have to end up. Think of your sustainable living is just you're just avoiding the landfill. Like whatever you can do to like not throw it away. Yeah. Right. And it means, especially now in a pandemic, a lot of parts of the country still in Georgia, we haven't had um, the okay lift back on bulk bins. Hmm. So you're having to make other kinds of choices, which means for me buying my almonds in 10 pound sacks, you know, and they're plastic sacks. Mm -hmm. And I have these once, you know, every three months, I have that plastic bag, which I rinse. And, but as you get that, I have a a box of reusables and I make myself go through it every six months. And the truth of the matter is some of that stuff does end up actually being trash. Yeah. Otherwise, like not using it. Right. That's a big part of it, too. It's like, okay, we're not saying like, don't ever throw anything away, keep everything, but throwing away kind of as like a last option, you know? If you can donate it, donate. I'm not talking about actual like trash, trash. You know what I mean? I'm talking about maybe you're going through your closet or you have extra I don't know what like supplies like even like if you have um 
Ziploc bags or something and you're like, well, I either could like use these all up and then not buy them again, or maybe you could just donate them. You could even donate stuff like that, right? Like if they haven't been used. You can. So that's always better than throwing yeah. away is giving to someone. We have, a, we have a church food pantry that I gave boxes of sandwich bags to uh, opened boxes, you know, because even if you're not giving that to somebody, the people that do the food pantry could use that for something Yeah. as well. So absolutely. Use what you have. And it also means, you know, if people come to your house and they, you're, you're a host for them, mm-hmm. you know, you, you might acquire some things when they leave yeah, and, and that will. just needs to be okay. Right. You know, or you can say like for your own family, you might have some hard and fast things like, Hey, there really is no place for styrofoam anywhere mm-hmm. in the world. It's a, it's a toxic substance. It shouldn't touch your food. It shouldn't touch your mouth. Don't bring it here. That's my one request. I think you can make, right. Can you mm-hmm. make like one to three, really good requests versus saying to somebody who doesn't live this way, Hey, when you live here, you can't generate any trash, (laughs) you know, without getting into a three hour conversation. Right. I would say get clear on why you're doing it. And hopefully it's for the right reasons, not for an Instagram picture of your jar in a year, right? You're doing it because you suddenly feel a sense of responsibility because you are alive and in relationship with the planet. You really care about the soil. You really care about, to me, that's what it was like. It was like, if I'm going to throw this away, it's the same thing as driving along the highway and throwing it out my window. It's the same thing. I'm just throwing it into an organized landfill but there's there's no space for that so yeah all right start small start small start in one section one room natalie says a career a calling and a hobby is there or should there be a difference between all three they're always interconnecting right a calling, you might say, is a heightened awareness of a special gift that you have, that you might have a way of channeling that into a way of making money and creating a career. And then you have a hobby. And I always think if you can combine two things that really make your career stand out, that that you're going to be able to stand out. Uh, Just as an example, um, physical therapy and yoga, right? Yoga was a hobby. Physical therapy was the career. Mm -hmm. And the calling was, I just wanted to help people. Yeah. And it led there. But, as I went along just that career only path, there was a certain number of people that I would never be able to help 
in the area of chronic pain, it was very difficult to have resolution. And so I had this yoga hobby, and I also was suffering from chronic pain, and the yoga was my release. And so as the yoga, as I deepened the yoga, then came that, ah, wow, okay, let me continue on this path, do the necessary work, get the yoga therapy certification, and then there became very few yoga therapists who were also physical therapists. So you have credibility, do the career, right? And just allow that hobby to infuse and hone your calling, which is you can help more people with your career and your hobby intertwined. And the calling is helping people, if that's a a good enough example. Yeah, that made a of lot of that. sense. That, yeah. So kind of they, you know, I feel like they can definitely intertwine. For some people, maybe they don't intertwine. Definitely for some people, I think they would say their career is not their calling. Um, but then maybe they have these hobbies that they're really passionate about. And maybe, you know, that's part of their calling, but it's kind of like, you know, are you, do you want your career to be your hobby, your calling? Do you want it to be separate? So I think sometimes they definitely can all, uh, for sure intertwine. A lot of times they do, but then I also think, you know, we can have our, our career and we can have a bunch of hobbies that have nothing to do with our career too. Right. So I don't know if there's necessarily correct. There's not probably not a correct answer to this question. I guess it's just how you look at it. It is how you look at it. Let's say you have a, a business career and you're also a musician and that's your hobby. You love playing guitar or piano or something, right? There's a, there's a discipline also in a, a, a spiritual place that comes from where your music comes from. And so if you can allow that place, that joy to infuse what you're doing for a living. And, and sometimes that means also what you say. Sometimes that means suddenly realizing you're, you're not, you're not balanced. You're doing something that's not in keeping with your heart. And that's, that's, that's kind of, a, it's nothing is ever a mistake. It's, it's all a learning path, but I can remember uh, working with a lawyer one time, and she was a defense lawyer, and she had suddenly reached a point in her career where she just thought, I can't, I really can't live with myself doing this. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that's just the impetus for change, right? But we grow and change throughout life, and yes, something that you know, that's a hard place, right? You're making really good money doing what you're doing. You're good at it. Um, I've also worked with a, a great lawyer and he's so great at what he does because he really doesn't take what he does for a living very personally. He doesn't take it so seriously. So when somebody comes in and says, you know, I'm going to change my whole will, 
right? And he knows the consequences of that, that it's just going to make a lot of family strife. He just outlines, you know, what's probably going to happen. And if you're okay with that, then I'll do what you want me to do. You know, not taking himself too seriously. Again, your advice in the beginning. Don't take yourself too seriously. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This next question is, what's it like being a YouTube mom? (laughs) You are a YouTube mom. Oh, it's so great. (laughs) It's so great because, you know, I'm 56. I'm going to be 57. Uh, Certainly, our generation knew nothing of this. And you're raising children at a time of really just the computer age. And um, I wasn't really a computer person. You know, I was in healthcare, and that was as far from my mind understanding it. But, you know, there were my kids doing these things. And I still remember Lindsay just coming down the stairs, having done this all in the privacy of her bedroom. <laughs> not asking if it was okay. And if she had asked if it was okay, we would have said, oh, no, you know, (laughs) you can't put yourself out there. There's crazy people. Um, I was really secretive. You were. And saying, oh, my gosh, I made YouTube partner. (laughs) And so what are you going to do at that point? You know, what are you going to do at that point? I also remember. I was literally best day of my life. I was so excited. (laughs) I remember also the day that your high school friends found out yeah, and how devastating that was, but it was kind of the same thing. It was like, what are you going to do? You already had 50,000 subscribers or whatever it was at the time, yeah. you know, yeah. what are you, what, you know, what are they going to say to that? Um, but all of those early, it was such an adventure and everything was a brand new adventure from, you know, getting to go to New York and walking you guys through all of that. Just, hey, here's how you get on a plane. Here's how you get to baggage claim. Hey, here's how you hail a cab in New York. And here's how you figure out a tip. Like it was all suddenly you were thrust into this adult world and all I did as your mom was say well this is great like you got to learn this stuff anyway and so let's learn it now at at 15 at 14 or 15 or 13 even um so it was such an adventure and all those times remember the I the benefit was it benefit cosmetics yes when we went to New York together Macy's or no different the Macy's was awesome and you had a bodyguard oh my god that was so unnecessary but like love love it (laughs) like just in case (laughs) you know and um yeah maybe it was an Ulta event for benefit cosmetics when you and dad came yes yes so fun that was like the most fun Megan and I talk about that to this day it was called the Benabrow tour and yeah we got to go I think uh me and Megan got to go to like three cities around the U.S. I might have gone to more without her um, and yeah, there's this whole like pink benefit car with like eyebrows and mom and dad got to come. So I think you came to the Nashville one or something. 
Yes. That all those meetups are were so fun. I mean, I still to this day love a good meetup. I feel like I definitely used to do them more, but no, I remember <laughs> your very first one that you organized. Oh my at god, the, at the mall. At the at North Perim- Point Mall. Perimeter Mall, actually. <laughs> we went to Lush and we walked just like walked around the mall. <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah, my first meetup. I'll never forget. I'm picturing like the photo in my brain right now. I wonder how many meetups I've had. At least like 30. At least, I think. Yeah. At this point. And you know every every part of that, including when when there were so many and it started getting really really scary, and maybe what what was the one that you had at the it was a really was it a it was a Nine West mm-hmm. shoe store in New York. You went to that yeah that one in New York. And that was the mind that was a tipping point like that was a mind blower where there was just lines out the door and around the corner and people managing the lines right and you had great security there yeah they did it right Um, they did it right and then it went into um, some other bigger event where they didn't have good security management yeah yes I mean I still feel like I was Um, fine at all of these events for sure but you know it definitely it you notice a difference when you're being hosted by a brand or a store and they are making a whole event out of it obviously because they're gonna have staff there and like somebody to take the pictures of you and your person and all this stuff but yeah I remember that was weird because we we would all go but you know it wasn't their job to set up these like meetups for us because it wasn't a YouTube convention it was just this weird like they don't I don't know if they even have it anymore but you know just like a makeup artist conventions so they didn't really like the youtubers coming but uh so that was definitely a little overwhelming but still great time had a great time I was fine I was good (laughs) I love it I'm I'm a really shy person and I could never do what you guys do um just having the confidence to to just be who you are and um, that what other people think of you um, doesn't affect who you are in the world. Like, I am just blown away by that because I would be like, there would be so many moments I would be crying if I had to go through all the stuff that, but it just, neither one of you ever got really, you know, bothered for a long period of time by anything that anybody would say or any way that you were judged by what you were putting out there. You really believe and still to this day in the content. I'm just connecting because with people. Of, mm, yeah, yeah, it's really, it's beautiful. I'm an introvert and I'm very shy. And so I love it. <laughs> She loves being a YouTube mom, everybody. (laughs) Okay, I thought this question was funny. I don't know if it requires that much of an answer, but it is. Does Lisa know how much of a legend she truly is? We all stand and love her very much. I'm just receiving it. That's beautiful. (laughs) You are a legend. Do you know what do you know what stan means? They stan you. 
I, I think I know what that means. Basically, it just means, Stan- it basically just means like they are a big fan and they will forever stan. Like, I think that's what it means. It's just like forever, you know, we forever support, we stan. Like, it's kind of like support and fan or something. I don't think yeah. that's actually true, but that's what I think of it as. Well, if I'm really answering that question <laughs> truthfully, no. I, I, somebody described me one time, one of my patients described me as a Joan of Arc, which is always somebody who's always giving the glory to someone else. And I do that a lot. Uh, I've certainly done it with you guys, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I'm so happy I've I've done it. So uh, I started a adaptive yoga class for people um, who use wheelchairs wheelchair users and mm-hmm. I let you know, that got really big and we had probably 30 volunteers and the whole time I was looking to really train that person and pass that on to them um, I don't like those accolades or yeah you don't like being being called so a legend I don't like to be the center of attention. Like you don't want to be the, you don't want to stand up on the Olympic thingy and have everyone clap for you. (laughs) No, everyone would like that. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to like go on a stage and people are like, Lisa, like applauding you. And then you have to say something that's kind of scary. No, but I would love to be, the podium itself, you know, the steps, helping somebody reach Mm. their best self through something that I said or did, that means more to me. So thank you (laughs) um, to the beautiful person that wrote such kind words. I think her name's Faye. She looks like a hula hooper. I'm trying to see her picture. I think I see a hoop I'm not sure okay next question is advice on making a relationship last through the decades (laughs) (laughs) relationships are so different now um but I feel like I have a much better handle on this at 56 than I did you know blindly committing myself for the rest of my life to my partner. At that moment, you're so scared and you don't even know what you're doing and you might not even be present at your own ceremony. (laughs) You know, mentally, really, like your feet might not even be on the ground. Um, So if you start with your feet on the ground, and I read something last week and it, it made me think about this. It was a young couple... Um, on Instagram, and I, I think somebody had some. I think the girl had just followed me that day. And sometimes I look and I see, oh, who is this person? Mm-hmm. And I follow her back, and I saw she had this lovely post about her. She had graduated college during the pandemic. She got married during the pandemic, 
and all these common goals that she had with her partner. And I thought like, wow, were we ever that? Were we, did we have stuff that we were going to accomplish together? And it was a totally different time. You know, it was a time of, it was a Reagan years. It was time of yuppies and corporate everything. And uh, so, you know, you're fast forwarding and then there's spiritual journeys in there and people grow and change so much. But I would say if, if we're talking marriage and we were talking earlier about why you give somebody a ring as a symbol and if you hold that ring in your hand, if anybody has a ring on while they're listening to this, take it off and just hold it in your hand and try your hardest to bust it, break it oh with God. your human Hopefully there's no cheap, cheap rings out there. <laughs> no Walmart. Right. Good, you know, nobody has a, good, a Walmart ring. Good metal. A good, good platinum or something like that. Um, because you really can't. Like, there's nothing you personally can do to break that circle. You would have to bring something in from the outside, like a metal cutter of some kind, to break that circle. And that is marriage. You can't, you know, some people would say, like, oh, that's kind of like a prison. Well, if it's a, if it, it's a prison, if you didn't invite that oneness, that godness that one god and stand up in front of all of your friends and god and i don't mean you know a whole jesus thing here mm -hmm. i'm talking about the oneness if that's not in your relationship then it can't just be you and that person because you'll have a million different pathways but as long as that oneness is in there you're going to be okay. And then the other thing I like to put inside of that ring are all the yamas of yoga, only because yamas are easier to understand than sticking 10 commandments in there. But it's really the same thing. What's a yama? Not Okay, yamas in yoga are like the rules, and the niyamas in yoga are the companions to the practice, the things that make keeping the rules easy. So yamas are non-harming. So you put non-harming inside of your wedding band. And you kind of just make a personal commitment with your words and your actions to not harm the person that you're committed to. It's not easy. So you yeah. practice. You carry non-harming in your pocket for a day. And you see if you could do that you know, in everything. And it, you practice with it deepens, deepens. And then there's satya, which translated just means truth, but it's really talking about the, the one truth, the oneness of absolute truth, the similar to like a universal truth, that we're not this body, we're not even our thoughts. We, there, there's a truth inside of that ring and there's a being true to each other and telling each other the truth sometimes people get caught up here because they say well if i tell a person that truth it's going to hurt them and that's harming 
But if you always live non-harming, you're never ever going to be faced with a situation where you have to tell somebody a truth that harm that harms them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Truth. And then there's all the ones we know, non-stealing, and how deep that goes. You know, am I going to steal a recipe and claim it as my own? Like this isn't just stealing dime store candy from a right. It's really big stuff, you know, could not, am I going to steal content in my business and claim it as my own? No. So in the same, right, no. <laughs> and so in there, you know, we make mistakes, but if, you know, and so forgiveness is in there too, right? So, so that's three. And then a parigraha or non-grasping, non-attachment. Like, how do you have a relationship and not, you know, be so, you have to be willing to actually, if it ever came down to for, because you love that person so much, if they, if they just can't be a married person, if they just weren't clear when they came into it and they just can't be a married person, you have to sometimes, you know, for people that do split up, it's with incredible love because whatever, maybe they realized they love same-sex people or it made some other kind of error when they stood up at that time. You know, I don't know. I can't think of a, I can't think of where that would fall into, but that's, you know, an, an attached love, romantic love can be very attached. So I would say same kind of thing. Don't take it so seriously. You have to also be willing to set that person free because you love them, if that's. And then the last yama is, is brahmachaira which in the ancient yogis, that, that was for the spiritual teacher. That was celibacy. Um, and in marriage, when you choose marriage as a spiritual path, it's constancy. And all that means is I give myself only in body, mind, and spirit to this person and this person only. But all those things go in the ring. And that, to me... It's a long answer, but that's well, it was what's a big question. There. How do we make yeah, a relationship last through the decade? <laughs> you you can't break it, even if you did bring in the metal cutter <laughs> and you brought your ring to the jeweler, and the jeweler would say, "Well, I can fix that," and it will be when I solder that together, it will be stronger than ever. So know that if your ring ever gets broken for any reason. You can take it to the jeweler and then <laughs> solder it together and you'll be stronger than ever. <laughs> that is a good metaphor. <laughs> okay. Um, do you want to answer like two more questions? Sure. Okay. How would you recommend building a stronger mother-daughter bond? Just listen. Right. Nobody has to be right. You, you could have a huge difference of opinion with your mom or with your daughter. And if you could seek to understand it, you may never understand it, 
but if all you do is try and just be there and just listen, that's, I, I think that's all people want is to be seen and heard. Yeah. And I think also accepting, like you said, that, um, you don't have to be right or not. Somebody doesn't have to be right and that it's okay to both think <laughs> your own opinions and disagree, even though it doesn't mean it's going to be easy to have big disagreements about very important things, but maybe just kind of accepting, you know, it's okay for her to believe what she believes and I don't have to be right. And we can hopefully disagree on this, but still like, love and respect each other absolutely you may never change somebody's mind but I think if you can just hear them because oftentimes especially now when we're really talking about um, equanimity um, equality in policy and it begins in the home and people often feel, especially that separation between mother and daughter, where there's some kind of policy in the household that isn't considering me. And everybody needs to be at the table. So if you're a parent, maybe that's all you're doing. Is maybe it's just a Sunday dinner where anything can be said. And it's, it's okay for people to get angry. That's okay. It's part of being human. It's okay for people to be sad. That's part of being human. Um, but don't run away. Stay here. Stay at the table. And just keep staying with it. You don't really have to say anything or do anything. But to just listen. Okay. Summed it up in, in one word. <laughs> <laughs> okay um the last question craziest things Lindsay did as a kid slash teen oh <laughs> the funniest and craziest was when I said you know from the moment you were five you probably I tell this story all the time we we were picture day in four-year-old preschool for Lindsay at the age of five was a really big deal. And we had gone to the store and Lindsay Huge picked out deal. a dress. I think you were also a flower girl in Diane's wedding that year. And so you had this beautiful dress and it had a matching headband and it was just beautiful. And we had decided that you were going to wear that dress or a similar dress um, for picture day and so I'm waiting downstairs for you to you know make your debut and we can go to preschool and you're not coming down and you're not coming down and you're not coming down and so I used to go upstairs and I used to just put a timer outside the door so by the timer rings we really need to go <laughs> and that avoided a lot of arguments so the timer rang, and you're just standing there with that little scowl on your face, <laughs> staring into the mirror, and you said, I hate this dress. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I was like, oh, we're going to be late. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, all right. So I put this other dress and I put two dresses on the bed and I said, here's two, pick one. <laughs> and you really wanted me to know it, that dress was a trigger and you were on it and then you were so mad and I was not buying into the mad that you just kept getting more and more mad. And so I went into the bathroom to cool down and just take some breaths. And then I came back and when I came back, you were standing on the bed. And you were standing on the bed, you had your hands on your hips and you looked at me so mean. And you oh said, God. you, you just think you're the mother. I'm the mother. Wait, I forgot that I said that. I don't remember that. And I, was like, I went back into the bathroom and I'm like, oh my God, she probably is some reincarnation of some crazy old aunt that I had. Like, I and, said that? You think you're the mother? And now you were so upset oh about the dress. God, like, why was I so and mad? And you were crying oh. and your eyes were all bugged out of your head. <laughs> and Anyway, I just thought that was so funny. I thought I'm always going to remember this picture because, you know, I, I, we ended up settling it that I set the timer and I said, I'm going to be downstairs and just, <laughs> I, it doesn't matter to me, wear what you want to wear. And you just really wanted to have an argument. You really didn't want to change or anything. But you did come down and you did go and I still have that picture. Um, but that was a funny... There was something funny. Just, oh my gosh, looking Another back. crazy, I, this wasn't necessarily a crazy thing that I did, but it was my friend. When I walked back from Caroline Reiner's house with my hair chopped off at age five. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like that crazy. I guess kids give each, each other haircuts, but I mean, what was your reaction when I... I had this like really long hair. I mean, it was long for like a four or five year old. And then one day I went to my friend's house and she like lied to me and she told me like about some magic trick. My hair was going to like grow longer if she chopped it off and I, or something crazy. Like, I don't know. She was a manipulator. So I, you know, let her get in with the scissors and then I showed up. I walked home. I mean, I don't know if I walked home, but it was like three houses away, so I probably did walk home. Do you remember seeing me after? her? I remember. I remember the phone call from her mom oh, vividly. Yes. And her mom said, "Are you sitting down?" <laughs> and I said, "No, but I can sit down." She said, "You might want to pour yourself a glass of wine." <laughs> And then she told me the story, and, you know, you're always wondering why little girls do that, you know, what's the, is there a jealousy of hair color or the kind of hair, right? I don't know. You had straight hair, and she had really curly yeah. hair, and it was so hard to even imagine, but, you know, you met our hairstylist and she gave you a really great bob. <laughs> gave you a really great bob um did yes. i do anything crazy when i was i mean i when i was like 10 or like 15 or like 18 
probably. <laughs> well, like, I want to say you were not your typical teenager until you were kind of a late bloomer. Yeah. Um, and then the only crazy thing that stands out was, of course, the, the accident at the river. Yeah. Um, and that was... I don't know that you would call that crazy. I basically got alcohol poisoning everyone and like had to go to the hospital and like stay overnight when I was like 17. And that was a a big wake up. We have not been to the hospital since. (laughs) So we have not been to the hospital since. It worked. You nearly died. (laughs) Yeah. We had slipped into a really cold, the river was ice cold. So she was hypothermic and. Yeah, the ambulance, it was this whole thing of like seeing the helicopter, I'm trying to get to you and I could see the helicopter over the river, we're trying to figure out what hospital they took you to and finally getting there and realizing like as a medical person, they can't warm you fast because you were in shock and you would die if they warmed you fast. Yeah, it was really, it was a super close call. And so was that a crazy thing? The whole thing was very teenage innocence, just gone completely wrong. And in a in a time where kids just didn't want to get caught, mm-hmm. they kind of threw Lindsay under the bus and nearly killed her, basically. Not literally under a bus, but in a river. Yeah. And, you know, in the interest of not getting caught, they left their friend in a place where she could have died. Yeah. So don't ever do that. I guess they left, yeah, (laughs) once somebody called, like, the ambulance or whatever for me because then they realized, you know, oh, like, people are coming. The ambulance is coming. Like, we have to go. Yeah, no. Right. Somebody had a conscience. One of your friends had a conscience and went back and said, I don't feel right about this. Right. So always listen to those instincts. Right. Just yes. So yes, there's always crazy things. Luckily, yes, I gratefully you're here. Yes. Never had any visits back to the hospital since that I can remember. No, I have not been back to the hospital since, which is good for anything. Um, that, yeah, that's the and finale. Definitely, definitely not a fan of cold water to this day. Oh my gosh, no. Not a fan of super cold water. I'll dip my feet in, but maybe I'll go up to my calves, but that's as much as I would go. <laughs> well, I guess we'll leave it off there. I want to thank you to anybody who's still listening an hour and a half into this yeah. is um, anyone out there Lindsay's mom so. <laughs> and I so appreciate you if you are listening thank you so much um to to speak and to get a voice out there and if anything that Lindsay and I have said today sits with you and changes something or uh acts as the impetus for change um stand upon your podium and go get your crown Ooh, go get your crown I like it (laughs) (laughs) well you guys if you don't know you can follow my mom on Instagram if you're interested in like zero waste sustainability yoga nature content um cooking sustainable cooking content 
you can follow my mom for all of that. She posts a lot. She posts like more than me. So zero waste Zen. I will have her linked in the show notes. Thank you so much for taking over an hour and a half out of your Friday evening to be on here. I heard Aurora barking in the background. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes, Dad, she's ready for home, you. So she's announcing his arrival. Okay, perfect timing. Um, thank you so much for inviting me to be on your podcast. What an honor. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much, Mom. Have a great rest of your night. And thank you guys so much for listening.